Hey, it's Tom. I wanted to record an intro for an episode that I'm going to hit publish on. This is my fourth recorded conversation with my dear friend, Colin Greenhall. Uh, Greens has been super helpful in helping me test a bunch of different audio tools. So we uh, just hopped on and jammed it around a bit and uh, it was pretty unstructured. This might be my favorite chat with Greens. There's some good laughs in here if you're interested. I'm uh, not that concerned if, if we don't get any numbers on this episode. I'm mostly trying to figure out on the fly how to do this. So that's what you're witnessing. And I'm trying to get a little bit better every time with what it sounds like. So hopefully this is. Thanks. You anchor right there. Yeah. It's, uh, I think this is going to sound like a hundred times better. I, your voice sounds awesome. That might be a mic too, though. It it is. I just I don't know how to get that. This thing won't plug into my phone. Like, I don't nose, know how to solve the mic. The nose. Thing. I started thinking about a nose. Uh, nose whistle. When we went to the place in Brighton, dude, that's all I heard. When I listened, all I could hear was my nose whistling. Really? And it, I'd be like, ooh, wee, wee. <laughs> it's like, no one could ever hear this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I I think that you could conduct a better interview being able to see somebody, even if you're only going to publish the audio. Agreed. This is fun, too. I don't know if you're enjoying this as much as I am, but this is a real treat. Agreed. And you got that that American flag behind you, like Rogan style almost. <laughs> yeah, that's Joey Joe's interior decor. Repurposed wood. What a freaking American. <laughs> yeah. Um, we were talking about skis and snowboards and an appreciation for guys that can hang on snowboards. Yep. Um. Uh, Talked about Sugarbush. Do you have another hat on in the back? Oh, it's just the strap of your hat. It looked like a brim going in yeah. the other direction. Another strap. I'm going to do some <laughs> some post-market uh, operations to this. Are you going to put a tackle belt in there? I thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> tackle belt. There's talk about a company that's definitely not still around. I wonder yeah. who bought Tacla Bauer or somebody. Yeah, they might have merged with Milek and then the whole thing just went in the tank. I mean, I'm not really an entrepreneur, but do you think the Tacla guy was like, let's just go at hockey pants. Let's solve that problem. That's let's fucking do that. Did they make the pants or just the belt? <laughs> they made the they had that symbol that was like the diamond. Yes, those I, old pants where you had three diamonds down the leg were pretty the, sick. The hob, the hobamock tackle yes. pants. Yep. Uh, I don't know what. I maybe I can get the tackle guy on the pod. He's probably looking for something to do. <laughs> <laughs> even if like even if they did an aqua hire and he was ended up being a Bauer employee, he probably got laid off when they restructured two years ago. So. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. Poor poor tackle guy. Just wanted to just wanted to save his butt. Can we get into the weeds a little bit on the uh music on the ride up to Vermont? 
What do we have going? Who is in charge? You can't say anything but Spotify, right? Spotify. Does the Chase Dog have any Russ is a tough Russ is a tough co-pilot. There's <laughs> <laughs> there's his value add is strictly in conversation and non sequitur and uh and like every seven minutes he apologizes for his own like being too much like he goes like every ten minutes I'll be like, I'm sorry, man, I know him a lot. <laughs> we were uh we were listening to um do you listen to Pivot with Scott Galloway and Carol yeah. Swisher? We were yep. listening we were listening to that and he goes, Hey man, can we listen to something else? My brain hurts, which is a fair That's assessment. That's really fair, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I really I really like that show. I think I Scott Galloway's I really like the way he break he makes he takes complicated business problems and explains them in a way that I can understand. Um, I think he's great too. He's awesome. Imagine having him as a uh, professor. That'd be, that'd be an awesome class. Yeah. Uh, well, I can't imagine it, but it would be great. And then we started listening to the We Crash thing, which was a little dense too for his liking. So then we just started listening to hardcore hip hop. Okay. Have you listened to the We Crash? No. It's a six part. I think there are only three of them out, but on on WeWork. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I'll sign up for that. Who puts that on? Uh, I was getting it on Apple Music. Who who is the, Scott, like, Scott who's Gall- the talent? Uh, Scott Galloway is actually a pretty prominent contributor in it. Because um, he was Wondery podcast. Yeah, and they did they do uh they did the Theranos one too, I think, huh? Yeah, and I think they might have done Dirty John. What's that? They made a Bravo series out of that. You haven't heard Dirty John? Yeah, you need to do that. It's a podcast about my old man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh Christ. We can make fun of our parents out here, right? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, that's within the rails. <laughs> uh, it's not about your dad, but you should listen to that. And then um, they also did, I think, Dr. Death. Have you heard that one? No. Those are two good ones that you'll probably never listen to and still complain that there's nothing to listen to on Spotify. But You're getting mad at that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm writing it on my window, Dr. Great. John. No, no. Dirty John, Dr. Death. <laughs> That's why you write down. <laughs> it just says it just says cell smells on my window. <laughs> cool. Um what else is up? Um you know what was freaking awesome? Um about not to hammer your chat with Jafoon. But just to hear really simple breakdown on his tech stack for his sales organization. Dude, yeah, I didn't even know I what was seamless like, AI is. I, I, I guess when we were talking to JR and Jared, I was always inkling. I, was, I always just wanted to hear that because you, you know they're doing that stuff at scale. But um, it's somehow simpler when there's only like five people doing it. We use three things, sales navigator, seamless AI, and HubSpot. I agree, man. I thought that was awesome. 
I wonder if it works as well as, as he laid it out, like what a demo or what a testimonial for those guys. But yeah. I got to check that out too. I have no idea what it costs. Um, yeah, I know, I know that's how Jared definitely, he doesn't have a hundred. Maybe he does. He probably has more like 60 or 80 meetings booked a month, but that's a lot still. 60 to 80 a month. That's a pretty good pile, man. Maybe 50, 40, 50. Um, but what do you th- use? Thesis based. I mean, I do, I, we have HubSpot. Um, are you I, in there like building email marketing campaigns? Starting to. It, are the things that I get from trust from you? No, that's, that's marketing driven. Um, I wouldn't, you wouldn't be on my, on my list, but to his point, like, and Jared does it too. It's just about picking a vertical or, or picking a thesis and figuring out who would be interested in that thesis and sending it to him. The, uh, but to have good, how's your copy game right now? My copy game. Yeah. Uh, do you write good copy? No. Not Can you for, send, not, send me something that you send out there for prospecting? I'd love to see like, it. Like just an initial email? Yeah. Yeah, I can. Because it, it, it changes. my stuff is getting not, not much action. I have a, like, there's just, there's a couple of different angles that I just can't figure out what to do. I've actually started reaching out to, uh, customers, our first handful of customers and said, would you mind if I headlock your marketing person for an hour? Just and do so a I case could, study? No, no, just learn. Like say, oh, <laughs> yeah. guys, can you teach me how to do email marketing? <clears throat> like I have a call with Caroline from PlacePass tomorrow. She is the email marketing manager. And I just want to know like of all of the call to actions you could have in email, like what are you seeing is successful? And it's, it's slightly different because I'm, I don't even really know if they're emailing to consumers. I think that they are. So it's slightly different, but just getting somebody to hit reply or to what do something Dave, with an email. What would Dave Gerhardt say? Just all, to humans. We're, we're all people. Business to human. Um, so his Patreon account's legit, huh? Yeah, I bumped up to the $30 one, man. I think it's really good. I I have a hard time believing that he works as much as he says he does. Or as I it seems like he, he's either really good with his time, but I remember one time on LinkedIn he like broke down his day and he's like very uh strict about being with his family in the morning and being with his family in the afternoon. And like for him to be doing that and I mean it it's it's a those two, the Patreon thing and Privy iterate off each other because it's about brand awareness for Privy and vice versa. But yeah, I hope he can. I mean, it's inspiring to see somebody that talks about being in the office from nine thirty to four every day. You know, and like I'm sure when his kids go to bed, he's jamming. Yeah. Um, but I think it's inspiring to hear that stuff. It's not like hustle porn stuff, which I find infuriating. Samesies. Samesies. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. I, I think there is something to 
like I would categorize what you're doing right now as just general, like broad brush brand awareness marketing stuff, right? Like the, at least the stuff that I get and the stuff I see you do on LinkedIn, right? Yeah. I, I'm just trying to generate some conversations. Yeah. And I think there's a difference between that, you know, and I, I don't know what the, what the greatest parallel would be, like how you would, but I mean, one of the easiest, like, things that brokers do is like you do a deal in a building you then before you share the comp with any other brokers you then call every other company in that building you know um so however you however you parse that out like like take place pass for example who's a client look at their investors and then like that's an arbitrary list that you can hit out and have and then build that ecosystem. It's like, Hey, you're a so-and-so portfolio company. We just helped place pass do this. Here's some pictures. Good, good idea. Yeah. Boom shakalaka. Good idea. Um, and I'm, and by the way, I guarantee you their founder. I mean, you, if you talk about like, uh, early or early, early sort of evangelists. So the brand, like they're, they're going to give you a thumbs up. Just in, in, you know, it's like, as long as you're not pushy. Yeah, I'm not interested in being pushy. It's hard to, the interesting thing about trying to like email market for what we do right now is there's no like real offer. You know, there's no, um, it's like you either are going to need us in the next month or, or not. Right. Well, think about, I mean, think about what is, uh, what was the scope of the place pass project? So they had 32 desks that they inherited from a previous tenant and they basically had, I think they have five years left on their deal and they said, we're growing and we don't want to move. How many people could we fit in here if we're willing to like fully optimize the density of this space within reason? Mm-hmm. And we got to 46 desks. If they go down to 24 by 48 tops, everybody gets the same stuff. Um, so we basically went in in a weekend and got rid of all their old stuff, delivered and assembled all their new stuff, mm-hmm. got rid of all the trash. And we have eight more in storage so that as they hire people, if they hire two people next month, we're going to get a call that says we need two more setups. So they only needed like when we assembled everything and left that project, I think we had put together um, 38 and I think like three of them were open. So they got some runway to hire and and that space is going to max out at 46. Got it. Um, <clears throat> so would you bucket that project as furniture removal and – headcount optimization yeah like dan called it an office transformation project i've been using the word like density density project like densification yeah like you sign you sign your lease and you know you probably do a pretty good job of the headcount forecast thing that i know is is like a little bit of a puzzle for people to figure out Mm -hmm. and you also do well enough from a business standpoint where you're adding bodies. So you sign your lease and you know that you can get another 14 people in 
And if you inherited stuff, like you're going to have to get different stuff. Like I think that's going to happen a decent amount, especially yeah. with rents being really high and vacancy being really low. Like I, I think that we'll get some calls that are going to be like, we need to find room for six more people and we're willing to do X, Y, and Z to make it happen. Can you help us? Yeah. Like, I think that's going to be like a, that will be like a service that we can do. Yeah. I, I think that's like the most compelling. That's like a real thing that you could potentially market against too. It's like, Hey, are you going to, you know, do you have 30 going to 40 people and you're looking at your current furniture and everything else knowing that there's nowhere for people to sit? If so, we can help. It's just, I'm learning how to do this on the fly. Marketing is. Yeah. Yeah. It's challenging. I think the, I think I always go back to, um, arming like your your i guess effectively your channel partners with some sort of uh soundbite that they can then sort of pair it to their clients so like <clears throat> uh backing getting getting a square foot number for that project are um, you on that list that i'm blasting out once a week with real furniture pricing yeah, I haven't seen that though. So I'm obviously not looking close enough. There's uh it has actual numbers on what people spend and um per square foot, which I think the per the square foot thing is just it's hard for me to wrap my head around because we're seeing people do somewhat unorthodox stuff. Like it doesn't take into consideration density, right? There's companies that probably have 300 square feet per person and they yeah. buy stuff to match that and then there's right. People One, that yeah. are going right to the edge of, you know, if you put like really nice stuff in a small space, your per square foot number is going to be through the roof. Right. So, so think about this too. So what you're driving at is your per employee spend. Yep. Um, like we did when I was at T3, we, we had a, uh, a client ask us to get some peer analysis on, it was like, teams over 50 and what their spend per uh, employee was on the, on the rent alone. And there were like a couple outliers, but just, they all seemed to be, I think it was like nine, 10 grand a month at the time. And our client was at like 14 grand, which meant they paid too much or they took too much space basically. And, yeah. and that perpetuated a sublease assignment. Um, or that ran into a sublease assignment. But yeah, I think you're right. Like the the per square foot number is a good one for the brokers to have, but more compelling for your actual clients or the per employee spend. Yeah, or like a total project. It's like this person has 4,800 square feet and they did this exact project. So if you're anywhere near that, like I would think that the actual number – like if you find out that somebody did it in a union building, they had 35 people and they spent this <clears throat> and you're anywhere near that. Like there's some good stuff I feel like you could back into there. Yeah. Yep. Um, I also think there's a compelling positioning that you could actually just really high level quantify the cost of um, subleasing the space and moving as a like to accommodate your headcount as opposed to re, re like retrenching. Yeah. That's um, a good idea too. 
an interesting way to position it because they might choke on whatever number they're getting for 50 desks. Yeah. Yeah. We have a, there's another uh, customer that we're, we got introduced to that um, is looking at taking a short term sublease and there's a potential chance that they see moving numbers and paint and carpet that they're going to be on the hook for. And they say, never mind. So there's like, you're a hundred percent right. It's like, well, that to me is way more attractive because you're in like business case territory, which is I think where you want to be. It's like, yeah, it doesn't cost. It's not this versus nothing. It's like, here's the cost. Here's the status quo cost. And here's what it would cost to like make a change. Mm-hmm. Um, did you see the, the website overhaul greens? Mm-mm. I'll look at it right now. Yeah, it's not an overhaul. That's really strong. I just <laughs> uh, we changed all the copy. Way to keep yourself in in check. Yeah, and I didn't do any of it, so I wrote the copy, but I didn't uh, had some help. For folks that are listening only on audio right now, Colin has a pretty stoic look on his face. Cost-effectively <laughs> cost buying and installing office furniture takes 73 hours. Wow. That's a freaking... That is like... You start the clock the first time you put in how the F do I get office furniture from my office and the clock ends when people have a place to show up and sit down to work. Yeah. There's like 70 hours of research and evaluation and uh, back and forth on PDF and visiting showrooms and calls and meetings. There's a lot of hours there that I think we can eliminate. Yowzer. What That's do you a- think of responsive buying platform? Ooh, he doesn't like it, folks. Responsive. Did I make a face? I'm still looking at your website. <laughs> Where's responsive buying platform? Right at the top, brother. That's what we are. That's our category. We're the world's only responsive buying platform. I like the fact that you're creating a bucket. I just don't like the word responsive because it makes you sound soft. <laughs> <laughs> what do you like instead? Uh I don't know. We'll get back right. to you on that. I'll be waiting. Thank Malleable. you. Malleable. No, that sounds soft too. I mean, it all sounds like you have no backbone. You're just jellyfishing <laughs> through life. <laughs> <laughs> what about the gel? Just calling ourselves jellyfish. There's actually already a company called Jellyfish in Boston. You should you should actually reach out to them. They're probably going to need furniture. <laughs> Do you need furniture? And can we have your name? <laughs> I love it. Um. Why doesn't that, why, I, I didn't even realize I made a face. No, you didn't. You just kind of, I think you were in thought. We jammed it around a bit. We were talking about like customer-led, customer-driven. Like to me, it's not a selling platform. It's a buying platform because we're letting the customer drive. Like you're, we're going to have a 30-minute chat, which maybe someday becomes some kind of really slick onboarding thing like trust does that tells us about your moving date and your new address. And on the fly, we'll know if that's a union or a non-union building. Um, 
you could tell us like some functionality that you're looking for. I think one thing we've learned is like most people have no idea what the budget's going to be. It's like, nobody knows how much any of this shit costs. So to ask somebody the budget, they're like, can you just tell me what's maybe some of it costs? So we, if we can back, if we just listen for some of that other stuff and give people four options, like we are vendor agnostic. So based on what you tell us, like if you tell us you're moving in in three weeks, that eliminates a whole pile of folks that can help you. Like there's only certain companies that can get you stuff in two weeks. I even think knowing that, you know, like once you hang up the phone, you're going to be invited into a sheet that is, that has the only options that are going to work. So you can eliminate all the other bullshit that exists in the world. Yeah. So that, what you just said on, on timetable, that's um, a conversation that brokers have all the time. Like you, you might just get involved too late with somebody or they might just be behind because they've been growing a business and not, you know? Um, And the first thing they'll say is like, Hey, we want to be in our own space and we want to be in in 30 days. And it's like, well, I'm sorry, but like due to a lot of things out of my control and yours, that's probably not realistic. So let's think about how to attack that. Yeah. I know you don't want to be in WeWork, but like, is that better than holding over in your current location or, you know what I mean? I think that education right there um, immediately, um, I think creates credibility for you. Yeah. There's a bunch of stuff like that too. Like most options we're presenting right now are like varying price points and we're presenting like leasing right out of the gates too. If somebody's going into a space for a really short time, it's like you should take a look at leasing. Like if you're going to be out of there in a year, Mm -hmm. you can pay this, spread it over 12 months and most of these companies are going to come and get rid of your shit. So you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. It becomes a good option in a short term situation like that. So I think that you basically let the customer drive by saying, here's what I'm looking to do with this project. You give them only the options that fit the criteria that they tell you. And then you have this real time back and forth that happens in comments in Google Sheets right now, which will eventually be whatever our tech is going to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that having it be like a buying platform, there's applications to all kinds of different things that have tons of variability. Like, like there's an endless amount of furniture you could get. So immediately saving somebody that much time with only the right options that will work. Like, I think there's probably applications in a lot of other Yeah. I think, I think we touched on this uh, during another conversation, but um, I think our, like our first reaction to initial customer conversations is to take the, that customer feedback or those, those sort of inputs and take it as gospel. Um, You're right. And I think that, serves you well at least to like filter the universe down but there's also the part of the the customer that wants to like oh what if we like toggled this one thing and then there's like this whole yeah we call that wandering and everybody it's, does it it's almost, their dude, it's almost like you need a friggin' wandering just wandering sheet on your it's like hey we included this other stuff if like 
you're actually rethinking something that you told us, the budget, timing, um, and just having it there might, you know? Yeah. I mean, usually the conversation, depending on what the wandering looks like, but it happens in every deal and we just expect it. And we think that it's part of like the human, like fear of missing out thing. Like, have I exhausted all potential options? Am I making a good decision? Like empowering people to do that instead of saying, you can't wander. Like we are XYZ manufacturer. We only have this stuff, Mm -hmm. but we've had people say like, I don't want to spend 2,500 bucks on power and data. Like what would it look like if me and my team were going to do this ourselves and we save 2,500 bucks? We're like, great. We'll figure out all the wires and surge protectors and shit that you need and we'll have it delivered direct to the office and we'll put up, put together some instructions and you guys can do it yourself. You just save 2,500 bucks. Yeah. That happens all the time. Yeah. And then next slug of money, they're probably paying that. They're probably paying that 2,500. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely people that don't want to do stuff like that, but um, depending on the personality of the people running the project people are willing to do quite a bit to save money like, <laughs> yeah just which is it's just it's all data right now that's all interesting stuff because you start to build out who we can be valuable for mm-hmm. um and all that stuff becomes interesting yeah have you given any thought to what jafoon was was talking about his like buying personas yeah i think about it a lot um, do you, do you use HubSpot? We use it for CRM, but we're just getting started on it now. Um, I haven't d- turned on any of the email marketing stuff. I use MailChimp for that stuff. And then my weekly newsletter is on tiny letter, which is like MailChimp's free thing for legit idiots. It's like, yeah, if I- you're too stupid to figure out MailChimp. Here's this other thing. Even Mail, stupid people. Dude, even MailChimp just like having to screw with the formatting and yeah, that was a shouldn't be hard to learn, but that was hard for me to learn. Yeah. Um, Do you still play ice hockey on Thursdays, or is that not your skate night? That is my skate night, but I haven't been in a couple weeks because I popped my shoulder out playing squash. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah. The squash Chronicles. Playing against the Chase Dog? No, I was uh, playing with my buddy Rye. I, uh, but I got back on the squash court last night, so I might I might skate tonight. I don't know. It's, dude, it's a lot different. Popping your shoulder out as a 35-year-old is a lot different than as a 19-year-old. I was like, not good. Did you go to any professionals or not? I went, um, I mean, I know what it is. It's, yeah. but I went to uh, this place in Boston and got like a, a myofascial grind. Like for an hour, I was just going, ah, ah, but it, it felt awesome. But the woman basically told me that, so I get really jammed up in my neck and shoulders and so she's like you're basically just accustomed to like a certain level of like pain yep um she was like you should come see me for the next week or every week for like the next three months 
So I've been doing that and it feels, it feels awesome. Like I can, I finish the sessions and I feel like my traps and everything is just like aligned differently on my back. Where do you do this? I might need to go there. Um, it's a place called wellness in motion and they do, uh, they do massage, they do like cupping, they do uh, nutrition advisory. It's awesome. Okay. It really hurts, but it's... I need some of that pain, I think. <laughs> Just to feel I'm better. wearing a lot. For... <laughs> <laughs> uh, partially. Yeah, I could use the human touch. <laughs> Did you go to the wellness thing last night? I didn't. I was, I was in my head. I was like, he's so into wellness that he's willing to go to a networking event. (laughs) Uh, I've done this thing on the last two networking events that I've done. I've worked from home for the day and they're both evening events that would require me. Like there's a lot of mental friction that I have to navigate to get myself on the red line to get in there. And I've lost on the last two I've one of them. The first one, I took the train in and took a lap in the city and then got on the train and went back home. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little embarrassing. That's just like an anxiety. uh, It's like, I don't want to do this. I have to go to something tonight. And I don't have a good reason not to go. Yeah, that's where I was. I still didn't go. It's um, it's it it's takes energy. Remember when um, remember when I did the panel with like Chase and and uh, yeah, that was the highlight of my 2019 Uh, startup week, Boston. uh, And that was my fourth panic attack of the year. Remember Peter talking about, he's like, I'm probably, I don't know what the question was, but he was like talking about how it's stressful for him to like be on a panel and network. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't, he's an, an introvert, although I would never categorize him as an introvert. Uh, he was like, I'm probably going to go take a nap after this. It's just like exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what it is, dude. It's like, it's not performance anxiety because it doesn't really require anything of you. You just, you really just have to stand there. Uh, yeah. I just, I, I have a lot of stories in my head about going there. Some of them are like, is, is that what really going to be worth my time? And then it's like, yeah, I, my thoughts just run away like a freight train. Well, it's, it's really easy to rationalize it not being worth your time. Yeah. I'll just sit here and blast out some more emails and really do some more creative thinking about how I'm going to market. I don't need to go to a networking thing. I that mean, wasn't even a networking thing. I think that that would have no. been helpful. Um, yeah. I started following. I had never heard of that group. Um, it seems like that's getting more play. Mental health. Just like the, uh, yeah. I like that. It's like, okay to be crazy. Yeah, it feels good. It's nice to know that you're not alone. Yeah. The uh like I've seen a bunch of stuff on athletes just like being like, Yeah, I'm bipolar and it's really tough for a professional hockey or football team to like fire someone for being bipolar. It's just like having a fucking quad strain. Yeah. Maybe a little more severe than a quad strain. 
Yeah, it's interesting, man. It does feel like there's been some kind of a shift where people are talking about it. What do you think? Do you want to put a bow on this thing here in Greensy? I might release this in two chunks. I think there's going to be some funny shit on <laughs> when we run it back. Yeah, go for it, man. Um, oh, you want to see? I do, yeah. Whatever you're about to do, the answer is yes. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. What'd you do? This is my BDR. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Best dog uh, ever. Awesome. She just sleeps. Her sleep name is Bo? Boo. Boo. Yeah, there's not much to her. She's dumb as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> She went back to sleep already. It's the exhaust. Love it. Um, yeah, let's put a bow on it. Okay, buddy. Are you uh, are you in the city tomorrow? I am. I'm going to be in there for the first half of the day. If you uh, are bopping around for coffee, let me know. Yeah, I uh, all I have is a lunch. Um, any should we do a dry run on doing this in person? Uh, or should we just try to do Barnsey three-way this? I guess I'm. Or or should yeah. I just or should I just pull my should I just pull the shoot on Barnsey? No, I can do. We can do it in person. And now I think I have a way to get it from that device onto Anchor. We can solve it. I can solve it. And I think in person is a good variable to have. I think it's uh, or a good format to have. Like if somebody's open to it. I think it's great. Uh, yeah, because I think you could do longer. Form. Where are we going to do that? Uh, we could do it at my WeWork. We could do it at Cushman's office probably. Okay. I'm going to stop hitting record. So if anybody's still listening, God bless you. 